what's up? It is Callie B. It is Coach Callie B. Yep, and it is another softball podcast. In today's episode, I am going to be sharing with you the part two, not of the experienced pitcher, but the beginner pitcher. There were a couple things after I listened, I was like, oh, snap. Yep, I know you you've already pointed it out. I didn't even need you to tell me. I figured it out on my own. Oh my goodness, girl. Well, let's get into the grid of this and figure out what I missed in the first one. Let's go. All right. So as I was listening, I was like, I talked about the foundation. Now, as you guys can gather, the foundation is a big thing for me. I like to tie in my faith, like my foundation in God is a big part of everything I do. So when I seem to be doing something over and over again, and I'm expecting a different result, I'm like, hello, God. Okay. I got it. All right. There's my faith. Like, help me. He's, he's been there the whole time. I'm just trying to figure it out and do it on my own. Yeah. Eventually I'll figure it out, right? Eventually I'll figure it out to not do that anymore. But for pitching, the foundation things, the foundational things that a pitcher learns, this is where it is going to take them all the way through their professional career if they go that far. For me, because of the genetic clotting disorder that I was diagnosed with when I was 20 due to a blood clot in my head that was 98% occluded. That means two more percent and the whole left side of my brain would have blown out. Okay. So praise you, Jesus, for putting that clot in my head because that was the identifier of the genetic clotting disorder. Now, because of that, I've been on blood thinners for 21 years. Okay. So if that wouldn't have happened, my goal was to continue to play two more years of college ball Then I wanted to try out for a pro team. And then I wanted to go try out. I know, prepare yourself for this because, yeah, I wanted to try out for Team USA. See, I grew up with the GOATs, like Lisa Fernandez, Dot Richardson, Michelle Smith. Like, these are the ladies I actually got to watch, like, live in Oklahoma City. It was phenomenal. It was in that moment, I think I was 14 at the time. I knew that I wanted to go on and play professionally, but God had a different plan for me. So yet again, my foundation in faith has directed me and kept me on his path, just like when I'm teaching a pitcher. Okay, so I stressed a lot on like the foot presence as far as which one is your push foot, which one is your pull foot. I talked about the three different ways that is ordained from little league rec ball all the way to professional ball, but some places only let you do it one of two ways. Okay. Um, let's see. I covered drills, warm-up drills. I covered how many pitches your pitcher should be throwing from the mound prior to pitching the game. I covered the amount of time it's going to take to do the warm-up for your pitcher to be warmed up, to throw pitches, to throw strikes in the game and not use her first inning as her warm-up. But one thing I didn't stress on was the grip of the ball. And I know for some of you, you're probably listening to the first episode and I left you hanging and I apologize for that. So with that, let's get into this grit of the grit. So there are two ways to hold a fastball. Um, There is over the rainbow, over the horseshoe, over the frown. Again, yes, with the metaphors or the side of the sea. And I teach the side of the sea. And I'm not talking S-E-A like like the ocean sea. I'm talking the letter C. 
So a lot of times a great conversational piece to start with pitchers, especially the ones that are learning, is you ask them, hey, how many C's are on the ball? So for those of you that are watching, you can see me flipping this ball. For those of you that are listening, I'm going to count them as I flip this ball. So there's one, two, three, four. There's four C's on the ball. It's that simple. So they're going to find the letter C and they're going to take their first three fingers, first three fingers, <laughs> I mean their middle three fingers and first place them on the upper part of the C, not the lower, okay? And you want it so, you don't, you don't want it to where it's running into the middle of their second set of knuckles, okay? You want it to be their fingertips just over to where they can actually feel the grip of the laces, okay? Then they're gonna take their thumb and they are going to put it on the inside lower two seams. So for those of you who are watching, eh, sorry, it's all crazy blurry, okay? So, because whenever you grab a ball on the C, you're always gonna have a C with your hands as well. It's a crazy concept. Lots of C's going on around here. We're talking letter C, not the ocean, just in case you're just popping on now, okay? You're gonna put that thumb on the two seam. Okay, not the one that is closest to the hand, but the one that is furthest from the hand, okay? And then for the pinky, just depending on your pitcher's size of hand, it's usually gonna fall again on the opposite lace that the thumb is on on the other side. I know for those of you who are listening, you're like, what the heck is she talking about? Okay, let's go medical terms. <laughs> The thumb is going to go on the medial aspect of the ball and it's going to go on the inferior seam. Hopefully that helps you out. <laughs> then the pinky is going to actually be touching what is the superior seam on the thumb. The pinky is going to be touching that same lace, but on the lateral side of the ball. Oh gosh, I hope you guys got that. If you guys have questions with that, like literally I will shoot you, like find me through Instagram at Coach Cali D and be like, Coach, I don't understand it. I'll shoot you a video. I'll give you a picture, whatever you need. <laughs> I'll just show you because I know for those of you listening, you're probably like, what the heck? Okay. All right. So that's, that's a fastball grip. That's all you need to worry about when you're working with a beginner pitcher. The changeup will come later. All right. So remember to build their house. This is the house that they're gonna live in for a long time as long as they're pitching. So you want it to be a solid house. Again, this is where I love to use that metaphor. <laughs> and the metaphor I use in this is the good old Bible story about building your house on sand or building your house on rock. Who is the foundation? God, yes, okay. So do you wanna build your pitcher's foundation on sand? Like, do you wanna cut all the corners? Do you wanna teach her to, um, well, maybe you don't know how to teach her this, but let's just do this because I see this happen a lot. Um, do you want to allow her to continue to throw strikes when she has a broken ankle drag and she literally is anchoring her pitch and she's anchoring her speed? No. And I know it's hard because we've all lived there. Well, she's throwing strikes. Why fix it if it's not broken? Because it is broken. Like, uh, just because a pitcher throws a strike does not mean that her foundational mechanics are correct. So start them young, start them simple, build their foundation, the house that they're going to live in their softball career for a very long time, hopefully, okay? 
And that is honestly how you should be approaching every beginner pitcher is you want them to be fed. You want them to be hungry. You want them to come to you every single time wanting to learn. Now, is it going to be like that every time? Because sometimes there are times where you can't control what happened to that kid that day. And then that just gives you a moment to just speak into that kid and be like, yo, <laughs> I woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. You know, my morning was crazy. My day was even more crazier, but yet I'm here with you. And this is my happy place. I love softball. Do you love softball? I love softball. All right, well, let's protect our peace. Let's protect our joy and let's have fun today. What do you say? Boom, whole attitude demeanor changes. Does it happen with every pitcher? I've had one pitcher it didn't work with and I actually had to tell her I was no longer gonna work with her because I witnessed her curse out her mother in the parking lot one day. And uh-uh, I, I don't have to put up with that. As a pitching coach, you wanna work with your people. You wanna work with the kids that are gonna receive what you're saying the way you're getting them across. Does that make sense? Because there's a T in across. <laughs> I can't talk today. You know, um, I think for me as a pitching coach, when it came time for me to see my value in 24 years of doing this and everything I've been through on top of being an ultrasound tech for 17 years during that time and now doing it full time, you know, I get people that will contact me about my rates and stuff and they're just like, wow. Yeah, wow, I'm a big deal. That doesn't mean I'm conceited. It doesn't mean I'm cocky. It means that I want the best for your daughter and I'm gonna do everything I can to make sure that she understands what she is capable of doing. Learning a new pitch, learning where to place her feet, learning where to place her fingers on the ball to throw a new pitch understanding what it feels like when she's not throwing something correctly. That's a big one. That's a big one. Okay. It's just, you know, you have a pitcher who can't hit a rise ball. Well, it's because it looks like she's throwing a screwball. That's why she's allowing the two things to lead together, mix. Okay. So it's important as a pitching coach, when you're working with clients that they, they're your people. Like you want to work with people who want to work with you. Like it's an amazing relationship. But if you look at it in the aspect, let's look through the lens of maybe you're in the food industry, right? And you have a cafe. All right. You are literally going to serve everyone, but not everyone is going to like the way you cook your bacon. But there's going to be some people that like the way you cook your bacon. And those people are going to continue to come back. Those are your people, all right? So in a sense, as a pitching coach or a hitting coach or an infield coach or an outfield coach, it is your job to make sure that each client who is blessed to be with you because you are a gift, right? You are a gift to them, just like they're a gift to you. Don't downsize yourself. Don't degrade yourself. Don't, don't make yourself feel guilty for asking what you're worth. Just don't. Like you have paid the price, you have played the game, you have worn the jerseys, you have <laughs> succumbed to the injuries, you have overcame the adversity that took you out of the game. Okay, that's me. I had to work through that. So one of the biggest qualities about me as a pitching coach is I have seen adversity more times than I would like to admit it. 
and I have looked it right in the face and I have decided every single time to just keep getting back up. That's not an easy task to do, especially when not only are you a pitching coach, but you're a wife and you're a mother and you're a daughter and you're a friend, right? And you're a sister and you're a cousin. And somewhere in there, you have this ability to mentor. It's amazing, okay? So when you're working with the beginner pitchers, understand this, they are scared. They are nervous and nerves and excitement, right? Fear and excitement kick off the same neurons in our brain. They kick off the same feeling. So this is a great opportunity to connect them, right? To say, hey, everything you're feeling right now is completely normal. Instead of being scared, I want you to be excited and watch their whole demeanor change. It's a big thing that happens. And when you create that connectivity with that kiddo, oh my gosh, amazing things come out of that relationship. For instance, my first client, I was 18 years old. It was my senior year of high school. She was 12 years old. Her dad reached out to me. I still remember the field, the place, the time, everything, everything down to him paying me. I remember receiving that in my hand going, wow, I did this, you know? And I was like, okay, I'm good. Like, and I insisted because my parents were like, no, you know, you just need to. And then he was like, no, you are going to teach my daughter. I've watched you pitch. I come to your high school games. I love how you handle yourself on and off the field. That's the kind of pitching coach I want in my daughter's life. Well, lo and behold, that pitcher went on, had an amazing high school career. I actually got to coach her one of her years in high school. Then she went on to play four years of college ball at the NIAI level. She was a top returning player multiple weeks in the like row, so much so that she had capped out at the college she was at for two years and decided to make a transfer. And she ended up like ending her college career on a bang. Now, this is where it gets even more crazier. She's my best friend. I know. Like, she is my sister from another mister. It's so bananas. Her kid calls me auntie. My kids call her auntie, right? It's crazy. But that's the type of relationship you want to form with your kiddos. And when you're working with the beginner pitchers, you're not, not every one of them is going to be with you, like, forever. Um, that is something I'm learning down here in the new environment of the pitching coaching world is people get super antsy and they get very impatient and they want things done now. But the reality of that is, I'm going to blow your mind. Let's take a major league player. Let's take a baseball player, okay? What does he do? And he's a hitter, okay? What does he do before every game? He hits over and over again, right? He has this little rhythm. He does his thing to get himself to feel confident. Who does he pay to hit with him every week? His hitting instructor, okay? Pitchers for the MLB do the same thing. They have somebody in their life that is coaching them still. And these are grown men, okay? So what does that tell you about a bad habit? What does that tell you about bad mechanics? It should be telling you 
Well, at least it tells me, and I know you may receive it differently because everybody, there's always three sides to every story. There's yours, mine, and what actually happened. But my hope is that you understand that when you don't have somebody instructing you and working with you at least a week, every week, those bad mechanics creep in. Just like bad thoughts, fears, anxiety, they can overcome us. Well, bad mechanics, pitching, love to creep in. Because guess what? The world loves us when we're throwing strikes. Doesn't matter if we broke our ankle and anchored it. Doesn't matter. And when I say broken ankle, I don't mean like you literally broke your ankle. I mean, like if I were to still frame you and see, look like the medial aspect of your ankle is becoming one with the ground, that's a broken ankle. You should be dragging laces down. Okay. Another simple concept that you can do with beginning pitchers. Okay. So if you are a coach, and you have been doing this for a while, I hope that this revamped you and gave you a sense of peace in making the decision to be bold in your calling and you know to not live out in the aspect of it's my way or the highway, because that's ego-driven, okay? I have been around coaches and I have coached with coaches who are ego-driven and it's really hard for me to like truly be myself because their ego is so big. I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm gonna be over here. Just let, let me know when you need me. Like, hi. Okay, I don't do well with that because I don't operate from ego. Now everybody can, everybody can. We all have the ability to operate from our ego. Like, well, she did this to me, so I'm doing that back to her. That's all ego. That's vendetta, that's spiteful, blah, 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 blah. Okay, for me, I don't wanna operate from ego. I wanna operate from the desire for a young female athlete to see what she is capable of doing on and off the field. That is where I operate from, okay? So if you're a coach and you're wanting to really spend time with these girls and teach them how to pitch correctly, I would love to help you with that. If you are a parent and you are local, and as far as local, just find me at CallieVSoftball.com. And maybe you would like to get your daughter in with some sessions with me. That's a really good place to start is a beginner's clinic. All right. So with that, if you are working with a fresh, a newbie pitcher, lighten the load. Keep it simple. Okay. Think about the foundation where the feet are. Remember the grip, the C grip. There's four C's on the ball. Okay. And they're going to flip it. It's similar to a rise ball, but it's not. Like, this is where it can get super tricky, but we always start with the fastball grip. If you guys have any questions, concerns, you would like me to shoot you a video on something you can do, contact me at CallieVSoftball.com or heck, be bold and just go to my Instagram at CoachCallieV and shoot me a message. The bottom line is, is you're a coach because it's something you love to do. At least I hope it is. And if you're a coach, who maybe lately it feels like it's something you have to do, it's okay to sit the bench. It's okay to take some time off and reevaluate and see what your next play is. We're only human, right? This is why I coach with Christ. Like I know to some of you watching, listening, it's like cliche to say I coach with Christ, but I'm good saying that because I operate from Christ. I don't operate from the human inside of me. I, yeah, does that make sense? Okay. 
All right, so if you guys have any more questions, concerns about your beginner pitcher, shoot me a message. I can't stress that enough. That's the best way to get help as soon as possible is reach out to myself, reach out to other pitching coaches that you follow on Instagram. Like there is a great, how would I say this? There is a great um, population of pitching coaches right now on Instagram that I adore and I pull into when I have questions and I have concerns and like when they drop the new rule change, like where we're going to be able to start training our pitchers to basically double dip their push foot um, come 2022. It, it was really cool to see all these pitching coaches like we all banded together and we all talked about how we were going to approach this and was it going to defeat us? Were we scared? Yeah, we were all a little scared, but then some of us were like, yeah, no, I can see some more push in this, you know. So we were able to point out the pros and the cons. So be bold, ask the questions, have the tough conversations. Your little athletes are worth it. You know, it's more than just teaching them how to play the game, how to pitch a strike, but it truly is how to show up on and off the field. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening and God bless.